0: Welcome to The Jesse Garcia Show, your half-hour home for politics, culture, and art. We come to you every week with a new story about your world. Today's guest is Diana Ramirez from the Congressional Hispanic Staff Association, an officially recognized employee group on Capitol Hill that helps mentor the next generation of American leaders. We'll talk about the responsibility of running a congressional office, navigating those very partisan halls of Congress and the struggle Latinx professionals must overcome when assuming positions of power, including that dreaded imposter syndrome. I want to thank all the folks following us at Jesse Garcia Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. For more information about the podcast, visit jessegarciashow.com. Attention college students, The Congressional Hispanic Caucus Institute seeks applicants for its Congressional Internship Program. Experience what it's like to work in a Congressional office while participating in weekly professional development and civic engagement through community service. Deadline to apply for the Spring 2020 session is October 15, 2019. And the deadline to apply for the summer 2020 session is December 1st, 2019. For more information about these internships, visit chci.org. Although Latinx folks in the United States make up 18% of the population and 25% of the population under the age of 18, those numbers do not translate to equal representation in Congress. Of the 535 House and Senate seats in Congress combined, we only occupy less than 9%. You can blame that on the lack of diversity in the political party structure, extreme gerrymandering that dilutes the Latinx vote, and not enough Latinx folks seeking elected office. Not only do we as a community have to register to vote and show up to the polls, But we have to engage, prepare, and develop our next generation of leaders. For the last three decades, the Congressional Hispanic Staff Association has provided guidance to many young leaders. The association has served as a professional development catalyst, peer support system, and personal enrichment organization for numerous Latinx congressional staffers. Although its main mission is to recruit, retain, and advance Latinx staffers in the U.S. Senate and the U.S. House of Representatives, the Association is laying the groundwork for several of those staffers to eventually run and occupy those seats. Today we speak to one of the Association's advisory board members, Dianara Ramirez, who has been organizing communities since grade school. The California native shares how the Congressional Hispanic Staff Association has helped her and her colleagues fit into a political world where very few Latinx folks ever get to experience. I'm honored to have on the podcast today one of the most powerful Latinas on Capitol Hill, the Communications Director of Representative Mark Tucano and advisory board member of the Congressional Hispanic Staff Association, Diana ramirez
1: thank you for having me here jesse
0: i am very uh honored to have you here the organization's been around for three decades and it's been creating this whole new bench of future leaders of america all these latinos coming from all over the place landing in capitol hill and being um professionally developed mentored yeah. by this association Tell us a little bit about how you came to DC and some of your background, like your hometown and stuff.
1: Absolutely, so I am, gotta start out by saying it right, a proud daughter of Mexican immigrants, yes. uh, first generation American from California, specifically Chino Hills in Southern California, better known as the IE or the Inland Empire. Um, I attended you know, public school my entire life, including graduating from the University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA. Uh, in 2016, with uh, degrees in political science and communication studies, so
0: this was right up your alley. Right, ended right. up in DC.
1: Yes, and uh, right. obviously graduating in 2016, peak of the 2016 election, um, I realized that I didn't want to be sitting on the sidelines, and I really wanted to get involved in the political process. I thought it was going to be smooth sailing. Have our first, you know, woman serving as president of the United States but you know we realized that that didn't really pan out but you know that's that's exactly what brought me out here to DC I had never been to DC before um, I had one of my best friends move out here and she was very supportive and uh, encouraging me to you know make the leap and take that leap of faith and I'm glad that, that you, did, here.
0: you didn't get like dismayed by the election results that that actually lit a fire for you, like, no, I want to still be involved.
1: Well, I moved out here in June of 2016, so mm. it was way before, yeah, uh, the before the November election. But, I mean, it, it was still, you know, post-President Trump, you know, attacking immigrant communities, uh, the type of misogynism that we were seeing uh, coming from the campaign. And it was still a motivator. It's a, it was a motivating factor to... To really bring me out here and um, be involved in the political process, I had no idea what to expect. Like I said, never been to D.C., never worked for a member of Congress, and I applied for an internship and had the opportunity to work for Congressman Juan Vargas from San Diego, who represents a border community. Uh, so, just having that experience as my first stepping stone into into politics was, you know, really shaped my career and my outlook for the future and the various things I'm involved here uh, in D.C.
0: So when you were growing up as a kid, were there any little things that kind of like clued you in that politics is where you need to be? Like did you run for student council or were you active in your neighborhood?
1: Yeah, so funny that you say that, yes. So I, I would say I consider myself a late bloomer in the sense of politics when it comes to policymaking. But I was always interested in leadership positions and giving back to my community. Um, st- starting in middle school, I was part of the leadership program at my middle school. Mm-hmm. In high school, I was part of what we call the United Student Body, so it's the student government for our school. I ran for uh, executive board twice, lost twice, but I still stayed involved uh, in student council by having commissioner positions um, at UCLA. I on my first day, before I even set foot on campus, I was part of the Office of Residential Life and was part of the student council of my So you were my drawn building. to positions yeah. of
0: power at such an early age. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. It's yeah. been
1: it's been something that... If your
0: friends could only see you now. <laughs>
1: right? Right now. Um, I, I was very, very lucky to have a great support system. Um, my family, you know, who always believed in me and always cheered me on they were there putting up my flyers at six in the morning when that's I was so running awesome. for you know student council in in high school and they were there and, you, and it's consoling hard. me when I lost too so yeah, it was
0: it's hard yeah, yeah. I, I remember running for student council you have to press a lot of flesh you have to be putting yourself out there and running against friends and trying to like oh my god you know build alliances so yeah that's <laughs> hard work yeah. So my hats off to you. But Diana. it
1: was it was my introduction to leadership, right? It was my introduction to a position of power and my ability to implement change. And it also taught me that I don't have to have a title to be able to implement change. I think exactly. that was that was the greatest takeaway from those uh, experiences. Those experiences, exactly.
0: So tell me, how does it feel working in a congressional office? You're so, one of 435 offices but Mm -hmm. how does it feel to be clocking in every morning knowing that what you do that day affects american policy
1: yeah so i don't remember where i heard this from but i heard that when you walk past the capitol building and you don't feel inspired every time you see the dome um it's time for you to you know look for the next step in your career and now being in the office, uh, working for Congress for three years now and walking by that congressional dome every single day, it's still a source of inspiration. It lights a fire it's, in me. It's, it's a beautiful sight. Yeah, it's a beautiful sight. And I've, I'm always you know, aware of how privileged I am to be in this space. I'm always aware how far people like me have come to be able to be in this space. And it inspires me to keep, you know, pushing myself and uh, working to advance the policies that I believe in, and that um, the member that I work for believe in, believes in. So I work for Congressman Mark DeCano, who, um, as you a know, trailblazer. was a absolutely a trailblazer. Uh, one of the first, the first openly gay person of color elected to Congress. Now we have Sharice David serving uh, in the House as well, so that's always, you know, a great addition. But it is inspiring to work on the Hill. It is challenging. And it is something I would have never thought I would be doing in a million years if you were to ask me uh, back when I was in college what I would be doing with my life. So it's it's really great, honestly.
0: So this uh, Congressional Hispanic Stafford Association, uh, how many members are there?
1: You'll have to fact check me on this one, but we were just at a... Congressional Hispanic Staff Association, we call it CHASA, uh-huh. uh, C-H-S-A, CHASA. Um, we were just at a general body meeting last Friday. The room was packed. Awesome. Which, wonderful to see. Lots of familiar faces, but also a lot of new faces, new CHCI interns. There's a new uh, program that brings uh, interns of color and Latinos to the hill called Chile, who was also um, present there. I believe there are definitely more than 200 maybe 300 paid dues members which i mean to have a ton of latino staffers on the hill is great in and of itself to have hundreds of latino staffers be a part of the congressional hispanic staff association and you know be active and involved and you know Pay their dues and pay it forward, so that other it, interns are part of it. Is yeah, because it's not it's just great. Uh,
0: the interns, but also the people that are employed there permanently, mm-hmm. um, working on the Hill. Plus, so it's a it's a great spectrum of people mm-hmm. who are Hispanic on the Hill working. Yes,
1: yeah, and Chasa is a bicameral, which means staffers from both the House and the Senate can join, mm-hmm. and it's not nonpartisan. So. Whether you're a Democrat, Republican, or an Independent, you can join the Staff Association. Um, the you know the purpose of the Staff Association is to elevate Latino power among congressional staff to make sure that you know we're represented at every level. To make sure that junior staffers can you know get that shot at becoming senior staffers, and to really make sure that we are represented at the decision-making table everywhere on the Hill.
0: That's amazing. How do you, being a nonpartisan organization, how do you navigate these relationships on the Hill in a very, very partisan organization?
1: Yeah, so I think it's very important to stay true to your values. It's Mm -hmm. important to never lose sight of what brought you here Mm -hmm. and the issues that you're fighting for. What um, Chasa? does great is it brings people together with a common purpose. That purpose being giving Latino staffers an opportunity to grow on the Hill, um, to feel supported, to have mentorship, to, you know, build friendships and relationships that are going to follow us, you know, into the future, which I think it's really great. And what is also um, really beneficial about the staff association is that working in Congress, you are often going to be to be needing to work with people of all backgrounds across to try to aisle. across the aisle to try to get uh, your ideas and your policies to move forward in the legislative process. So whenever you have an opportunity to build a relationship. With, with a fellow staffer, regardless of the political affiliation, it's always beneficial because that means you're one step closer to, you know, building that solid relationship that can help propel your your ideas and your policies forward.
0: You were for the, like we had mentioned, the first openly gay American of color elected to Congress, Mark Tucano out of California. Mm-hmm. How does your office help address the issues affecting LGBT, LGBTQ people of color? and you identify with the community as well
1: yes 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 so as a uh, fellow queer woman of color i i mean i understand what an honor and a privilege it is to be able to work for a trailblazer like you mentioned in in the community i think the saying representation matters is absolutely true um i think it means that you know the person who is Advocating for the communities can relate to the challenges and the adversity that uh, communities of color and specifically LGBTQ communities of color are cha- are, are facing. Um, and you know, apart from having a chance to work for a great champion like Congressman Takano, I also you know I'm surrounded by staff who is diverse, who understands how you know who understands intersectionality, who understands that every policy that is put forward affects people differently exactly. so just to, so just to have um to have that in the back of your mind always and really grasp that idea that there is no monolith solution to to um, all policy issues is super important especially in in congress and in the legislative body and we also have um the lgbt equality caucus uh, working out of our office so seeing everything that they are doing along with the other co-chairs of the lgbt equality caucus and the hundreds of other members of the lgbt so you get to be aligned with all of that yes we, we get to see it all happen um in our office we you know get to see the advocacy happening not only at our personal office level we get to see the advocacy happening at the LGBT quality caucus level and I get to see the advocacy happening at the Greater Democratic caucus level which is a very unique experience and I do find solace in knowing that there are champions in Congress like my boss who are keeping in mind communities of color within the LGBTQ community um, and making sure that our voices are being heard and our needs are being addressed
0: so for voices being heard yes on that statement if people want to contact their Congress member what are the best ways to do it and the worst ways to, the worst way to do it I mean being an LGBT person mm-hmm. period you need to get involved and you need to make your voice heard and you need to contact your congressman because there's so many items that are being introduced that affect our lives they're trying to legislate right. our freedoms so what is the best way to contact that Congress member
1: Yeah, so I'd say first things first, um, make your voice heard. Members of Congress always want to know what their constituents are thinking, whether they agree with them or not, right? Um, Especially if you are represented by a person who identifies with the same party as you. Um, and you agree with all of their positions, I still encourage you to pick up the phone, give them a call, and thank them for. Because they need to
0: be validated. Yeah, and they need it to helps, keep track.
1: Exactly. It you know it helps um, members and offices understand where uh, people stand on the issues in their district. You shouldn't just call, you know, because you're upset about something that happened. Mm-hmm. You should be calling because you're also really encouraged by what you see going on. And support it. The way, uh, the best way to reach your member of Congress is by giving them a call, by visiting their website and sending them an email, or you know, staying up to date with them on social media and checking out their next town hall and asking questions uh, in person and really hearing from them what what it is that they are working on and how they're representing you so i you know whatever way is accessible to you some people may you know talking on the phone may not be your thing so you they know send be, an email some they, people may not they, have access to the internet Pick yeah. up the phone or do it in person the old-fashioned yeah. way right
0: or let's say you have to contact your congress member that's of a different party or a different mm-hmm. opinion when they call are they going to be mistreated or would so, they be hung up on <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, um, I'll speak for only um, the experiences I've had in the uh-huh. different offices that I've worked for. Every single office wants to put their best foot forward and really, you know be receptive to their constituents um, beliefs and their constituents opinions. Most of the time, um, we have a staff assistant who has also hired great interns whose you know primary responsibility is to be, you know those people who are the on the front lines on the front, uh, lines on the front lines of the office you know providing great constituent services you will be heard no matter what what, uh, your, opinion n- what your opinion is your uh, your call will be logged your message will be passed along and it will always be heard and it will be seen so so don't, don't be, be yeah don't be afraid, don't be afraid to afraid. to call even if, you know, you don't agree with, with the member. And I would actually say if you happen to disagree with the policies and the positions that your member of Congress is is holding because they're, you know, against what you value and against your beliefs and they may be a threat to your own very own human rights, then that in and of itself should be enough reason for you to pick up the, the phone and express your opinion and, you know, try to change minds and change hearts but what i'd say is uh, members are always looking for for what their constituents want they want to know how they feel and you know they will always be there to listen to your concerns
0: where can our listeners learn more about chasa what are the upcoming events? Where can they get their information?
1: Yeah, so um, the communications director for Chasa, his name is Philip. He's been doing an incredible job at keeping you know all the members and the friends of Chasa off the hill informed on everything that's happening. Uh, you can follow Chasa at Chasa DC C H S A D C on Twitter and on Facebook, or and on Instagram as well. Yes. Um, you can like the page on Facebook you can also visit i believe the website was chasa that's where you can learn more about the organization sign up pay your dues and once you pay your yearly dues you will be able to receive weekly newsletters with event updates you know exclusive events panel invites um, information about mentorship opportunities there's a lot of ways that you can stay in the know
0: So those Latinos out there that are interested in becoming future members of Capitol Hill offices, this is something you need to sign up for. Now, a special message for those that are considering this type of life that you live, for those people in college and high school, what do you recommend?
1: That is a great question. What I, what I would have wanted to hear from other people who were involved in politics when I was... A young person who had no idea what life in D.C., what life in politics, and what life in Congress was like, is to give it a shot, to believe that you can do it. Um, a lot of a lot of times, especially in communities of color, and especially if you identify as a woman or a minority, right? Um, there is this thing called imposter syndrome, where yes. you where you don't right where exactly. you don't believe. Sometimes, you know, you psych yourself out and you don't believe that you can do something so much you're absolutely out. qualified. Exactly. You're absolutely qualified. So I say, you know, trust yourself, trust your talent, and believe that you can and you will come out here. Give it a shot. There are a lot of great opportunities for um, Latino interns and Latino fellows, either recent grads or college students. Who can find? They can find opportunities just by doing a quick Google search for paid internship opportunities uh, on the Hill uh, and off the Hill. There's programs like CHCI, the Congressional Hispanic Caucus Institute, uh, that bring that that are creating that pipeline of Latino. Interns who are eventually going to become Latino staffers who will eventually become the next Latino chief of staff, and then they will eventually become the next members of Congress. So there are resources out there that I wish I had known about um, that would have, you know, made my transition to D.C. a lot easier. Look for those opportunities, take advantage of it, and you know, don't don't believe that you can't. Believe that you can, and do it.
0: Well, thank you so much, Diana, for being on the show. And in part, um, giving us all this wisdom and background about this great opportunity that you have, and for inspiring others. Thank to you take so that much. Yes, thank you, Jesse.